welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again, and I am so happy to be joining you today, and you'll be so happy you're joining us today because we have someone who's coming back for a second time uh, because we had such an amazing, fabulous, wonderful conversation the first time, and it's Christine Elise, who is an energy healer. And I want to welcome you back, Christine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited we get to chat again. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The last time we were chatting, you just kept dropping so much amazing wisdom and insights. I was like, you know, we have to bring you back. And, you know, one of the things that uh, you dropped some amazing wisdom about or you, you know, you, we just started talking about it. And of course, we ran out of time. So I would love to dig more deeper was around these concepts of love and fear. So, uh, yeah, today we get to just dig deeper in, into that. Uh, but before we do, just for those people who might have missed um, listening to the first part of your interview, can you give them a give us a quick recap of who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I'm an energy healer and I focus on the energy body as part of how your physical manifestation happens in the world. So that includes chakra work, subconscious release technique, tapping using EFT and TFT, as well as pranic healing, and really focusing on how the emotions and energy are impacting the way we're able to reach our goals and the joy in the life that we're living of our own creation. Mm, that is so cool. That is so cool. And really that is work that can be used in so many different contexts and to help people with so many different kinds of issues that they might be struggling with. Because really when you're doing that kind of energy work, it really gets to the root cause of whatever issue you're addressing. Um, what are some of the more specific kinds of issues that you help your clients with if they're, if you have any kind of specific focus? That is an excellent um, way to explain it where we, the root cause really impacts other things in our lives. So as I started working with more and more clients, we were focused on abundance and confidence. And I was also seeing a lot of patterns line up in the root cause when it comes to nutrition, movement, energy, and really having body confidence. So I found a lot of clients had confidence in their abilities and then would not show up to use those abilities because they lacked confidence in things like their appearance. And those go back to the same kind of emotionally charged memories that were at the root of their abundance issues, you know? And so this is where the abundance confidence and I don't address it necessarily from the standpoint of weight loss, because a lot of times people will get the, uh, will believe it's going to be like, you know, a food log and nutrition and, and all of that type of stuff. When it's really the emotional aspect of bringing our bodies, our physical bodies it back into balance. Cause our bodies, when they are experiencing something that is not what we want or some type of dis-ease, it is a symptom of what's going on in the energy system and the emotional system. Right. most of the time in, in what I've experienced with, with people I've worked with. Yeah. So when we begin to think about root causes, I mean, for me, uh, you know, fear always comes up. Uh, so can you tell me more about what 
you have discovered about fear like what is fear where does it come from <laughs> what do you do about it there so fear is you know fear is the opposite of love a lot of people think it's hate but it's really the root is fear and fear shows up in our lives as a lot of different things and it can be anger or anxiety or overwhelm depending on the situation and a lot of times it comes from when we're very young what we grow up with in our family of origin what kind how are we treated by the people taking care of us and that forms these really foundational principles and subconscious ideas of who we are and what whether the world is ultimately safe or not and so we start to come from a place that has been either founded in fear or founded in love and when it's in fear we have a lot of this scarcity mentality and as i saw this show up in the abundance trainings and coachings and healings it also shows up in the confidence and the the relationship with food in our bodies you know so you can feel scarcity of money and you can also feel scarcity of you know what are your primary needs and are they being met and then you'll start to function in a way a person will start to function in a way that prevents loss or prevents growth even because they're so confined to their comfort zone and to what the subconscious believes is safe. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's the thing, right? Uh that I have been discovering more and more uh deeply is that just like you said, uh, a lot of people think the opposite of fear is hate, but it's actually love. And and that that the fear is really more at the root cause of everything because if you if you if you 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 think just you think you're struggling with issues of scarcity mindset but really there's fear underlying that uh uh or you think you're struggling with with some uh other other issue but really it comes down to to fear and so i mean let, i would love for you to explore a little bit more talk a little bit more about the relationship between love and fear because how is it that fear is the opposite of love like what i i think if you can maybe talk a little bit about that it'll help as better understand like what fear is all about and like where it's coming from you know in an even deeper way hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the happiness 101 program are you a change maker coach trainer or healer are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers the happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease interested book a free happiness 101 exploration call with me your happiness expert samia vano just use my online calendar link in the show notes now back to the show sure so when it comes to the vibrational frequencies of fear and love and them being so different from each other we really can't have an energy focused in two places at once and so either we're coming from a place of love where we go into as we've talked before like the non-judgmental space and that's self-judgment and that's also so the standards that we're imposing on others whether mentally verbally or in other ways are a lot of times a reflection of the standards we're imposing on ourselves and our fear of meeting those standards yeah. so we may have been grown been raised in in to believe you know in perfectionistic views and our inner child is so scared of making a mistake that they're always operating out of fear so even though it looks like they may be successful on the outside 
inside it, there may be a lot of turmoil. And that's where you can really tell if your success is love-based or fear-based is how do you feel when you're achieving? How do you feel when you're on the journey? Is it like you're being forced into something? Is it like, you know, I have to have this result or this bad thing will happen? Or is it really an expansive abundance that is coming from love? And so a lot of times our emotions are a really good indicator of where we are on that spectrum from fear to love. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Fear driven success. Oh, that's, that is so, I was literally thinking about this just yesterday where, um, when we have fear, fear definitely is a very strong driver in its way of our actions. And it can drive us to act in ways that are not always seemingly bad in that it can drive us to take actions that lead us to what feels like success or looks like success. Um, certainly when you look at it from a societal uh, perspective that oh now as a result I have more money I'm living in a safer neighborhood um, you know that because I have more money and um, or you know whatever your version of fear or whatever it was that you were afraid of and now you're away from it you have managed to successfully get away from that apparent cause of it and so you have achieved success in that in that context um but like you said if that fear is underlying the success that you're getting and so then it really mars your experience of success your ability to enjoy your success and it also limits the kind of successes that you can achieve Absolutely. That is an absolutely wonderful distinction there. Like the type of success that is possible when you're doing your best to just avoid pain instead of seeking pleasure is different and will feel different and will show up differently. And also the type of motivation that is from avoiding pain is often limited. There's not this is not sustainable forward motion. This is not sustainable, you know, repeating the steps in the discipline to reach a goal in the future. This is, and a lot of it is externally imposed. Like you mentioned, how society views our success, a lot of the motivation then is also external. And so if that external motivation ever wavers, it's kind of a sense of like, well, where do I go? What do I do next? I've been so used to relying on something other than my own guidance system, my own truth. Right. Oh my gosh. And it just now you made me think also about in terms of how when we chase success with this fear motivation, how that can negatively impact our human relations. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's people that will climb the corporate ladder and their home life or their health or their spiritual well-being all suffer. Yes. Yes. And like, for example, if you're afraid of poverty, you're afraid of, of being poor, oh my gosh, you're like just trample on other people uh, to, to climb up the wealth ladder so that, you know, you can secure yourself from the effects of poverty and, and all of that. And uh, uh, that, I mean, that becomes like one of the limits. Like for me, that becomes like one of the limits to um, how you can succeed and how you can continue to succeed in a way that leads to more happiness for you. Because truly, and this is like, I suppose, one of the ways also where, you know, we see a, such a strong connection between fear and love being opposites is that if you are so stuck in this fear mentality that you're not able to care about the well-being of other people in your life, around you, um, and so forth, then you're not able to fully be in your own love energy and um uh, you know for sure that's having a negative impact on your human relations but also it it becomes a limit 
on on how happy you can be and how peaceful you can be. Yeah, that experience of that separation from others, really the ego kind of driving that wedge in between. And then add to that, there's sometimes the confusion I've noticed with people where it's like looking out for themselves at, you know, at the, the expense of others to such a high degree is damaging. And then there's that flip to the opposite extreme where they take no personal responsibility. So what we're really seeing is there's always this spectrum, whether it's love or fear or whatever love and fear are kind of masquerading as in our understanding of it. And what we, to get into balance, it's like we can't necessarily go too far one direction depending on the emotion we're having and depending on the experience and what's happening that's fulfilling all of these thoughts that we're bringing into creation yeah yeah Hmm. can you tell me more about your understanding of love like do you have a definition of love because I think we have all experienced love, we know love and we feel it, but at the same time, I think we, we can also be very confused because there we can use the word love to describe so many different emotions that we feel and feelings that we feel and experiences that we have. Um, what, how do you understand love? especially when we're talking about it in this kind of healing context. So love to me is um, when I go into, let's say I go into a healing session with somebody and beforehand I do my preparation and my preparation is to take a brief meditation, pray, really connect with God. And when I connect with God, I feel that love and it's not necessarily you know, pink hearts floating up in the air, like Valentine's Day type love. It is that purity of intention and inspiration. And I see that not only in those moments of, you know, um, I used to think I could only capture that when I was in that meditation and in that communal space of consciousness with God and source, it really shows up a lot of times in subtler ways throughout life where synchronicities line up and things work out really well or divine timing or divine inspiration and that warmth that really just grows realizing you are connected to something else and there's not anything blocking that flow and it gets to be easier Um, or seeing it in certain ways where there's so much everyone I think a lot of times people use the term innocence with you know kids or people who haven't experienced maybe some of the same trials that some of us have and so they have that innocence they have that sense of wonder and curiosity that hasn't been marred by these turbulent experiences these traumatic tragic experiences and so what we're often calling innocence is really having that divine inspiration kind of on tap really more easily and that to me is love Uh, i really i really like that understanding Uh... Yeah, because, you know, when when you think about it in that context, also, I can see how love and fear are sort of like at the opposite ends of the spectrum, because when you have that sense of um, um, that awareness of innocence, um, you know, there's not much that you're afraid of, if anything at all, right, In, in that awareness. Uh, because you're feeling so connected to source because uh, you're feeling so much trust Mm -hmm. in that connection Um, trust in sense of ah this is a loving connection it's like the source um, you know through that 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 I'm feeling connected to right now this love that I'm feeling right now it's it's a good it's a good power. It's a good energy that's taking care of me and helping me and protecting me. And so when, when you have that and you're like grounded in that, then really, like you said earlier, where's the room for fear? There's no room for fear. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And that's where the gratitude comes in too, because if you're feeling grateful, then the fear can't occupy that space either. And so it's like, if we plug into this idea of this communal energy space of all being points of light from the same source, points of light from, you know, like my personal belief being that like God created me. And I believe that without separation, God created all of us in likeness and image. And we're all carrying around our same piece of that light mm -hmm. and the way we react in the world and the way we show up in the world. If, if it's been piled on by fear, it's kind of like throwing mud on a lamp. You're not going to be able to see that light and the pieces that come through are going to be so, you know, they're just fighting, fighting to get through, to show and to shine. Whereas we can clear that off those emotional feelings, that energy that's stuck and stagnant. And it, so it does no longer affects how we're holistic beings. It no longer affects how we handle abundance. It no longer affects how we attract relationships in our lives, uh, how confident we are, how we handle nourishing our physical bodies, as well as like how we interact with other people, whether it's at work, whether it's in our community, can we show up in love and light and kindness and gratitude and not have this belief in this false separation? Right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So this idea of separation, because I, I think that's really uh, like for me, what I'm coming to realize more and more also is that it's this feeling of separation that we have that's at the you were saying like fear is the root of our problems but if there is a cause to the fear it's this feeling of separation mm -hmm. right because when you feel separate from the love from source that is love um that is when you feel fear that is when you think you're having all kinds of problems or you feel yourself to be stuck in problems because when you are connected to love and the, and it's not an all or nothing game either it's not like either you are in the love or you're not either you are feeling love or you're not it's like there is depth and degree to it so there's always room for okay um i'm feeling 10% in love right now <laughs> and so the 90 the, and, and and if I'm only 10% in love I'm feeling a lot of fear <laughs> oh my gosh but you know I can tap more deep uh, and connect more deeply to the love energy and the source of love uh, and and as as that goes up 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 the fear goes down 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 yes so, yes I think there's this misconception too, that like everything has to be totally in balance. And like you're saying, mm -hmm. it's, can I get the positive energy bigger than the negative? Mm -hmm. Can I operate from this place more often, more consistently? Cause that will bring in more and more of that. And yeah. sometimes love is not necessarily easy. It can be simple, but mm -hmm. it's not always easy to do the loving thing. It's not always because our ego will try to sneak in. Our survival brain will try to sneak in and say, you know, what is this going to mean for me and my family long term if I do this, take this action that is totally aligned in love and then the fear and the ego and the separation creeps in. And so doing the loving thing in our lives may be simple, may be straightforward, maybe what's best and still may not be easy and that's where a lot of these tools like you and i use really come in to make that a little bit easier to make it you know sometimes there's a lesson that's taught in love that doesn't necessarily feel so good and this is where the separation between feelings and emotion comes in because you can feel something and it can be false whereas your emotions on the spectrum of that vibrational frequency can be really good indicators on whether you're moving more towards love or moving more towards fear uh, okay, so two two things. Uh, one, can you give me an example, uh, just for our audience to put things in context a little bit, of uh, when doing something in love, you know that's the right thing to do, uh, but the ego comes in and you end up doing the thing out of fear. Mm, that's really good. That's a really good. Let me find an example. Uh, so just because the food nutrition diet has been 
a front of mind for me uh, and my clients lately. I find this in people leaving the diet space. Mm. So the most loving thing to do can be to give yourself back the gift of being an intuitive eater, of being a someone who's really tuned into their body. And so in the beginning, it can be very scary to do. Um, for me personally, when I began the journey of no longer yo-yo dieting, which I had been doing for decades, really, uh, it was scary because I was thinking, well, if the loving thing, most loving thing I can do is feed myself when I'm hungry instead of denying my hunger, I'm still afraid that, you know, fat was such a bad word to me. It's like, what if I get fat? What if I don't lose weight? And so the fear creeps in in terms of the, especially because this is so profoundly linked to external factors of yeah. what beauty is and what is acceptable and what is nourishing us that leaving the diet space, even though it's the most loving thing to do in that moment for yourself, the fear can creep in and try and pull you back into doing those things. So I was trying to be a, an intuitive eater and I was still looking for rules to make me feel like I was in the diet space or I had this diet in the back of my mind like if this doesn't work right like yeah. if this intuitive eating thing doesn't work I know I'm going to go back on this diet I've got it waiting in the back of my mind and that was fear because it was hard to break away from the pattern and so even generational patterns that you know a lot of people don't want to out earn their parents or out earn the legacy of their generations. They have this heredity scarcity where it's like, it's not necessarily that you were born into it, but the patterns were born into you. So the, the, the way you talk about money, the way you talk about your body, that all is informed by how the, the adults around you, your caregivers, your family of origin didn't handle those things as well. And so moving away from that can be very, very scary. And it's still the most loving thing you can do. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing those examples. Um, I think those are brilliant examples and I, I know they'll really help our listeners um, just, you know, when they're thinking about how do I apply what Christine is talking about mm -hmm. into my life, having a concrete example like really helps. And so, so that is so in terms of following up on that, um, uh, you know, how, what are some maybe like steps that you uh, guide people through that when they're stuck in that kind of fear energy, they recognize, okay, no, I don't want to act from that fear energy. I want to do the loving thing. Like how can you begin to shift yourself from the fear to love? Great question. Great question. So the first thing I believe is awareness and action. So if like, let's say I were to suggest taking an action that would pull closer to the intuitive eating aspect and beliefs come up, having awareness that those beliefs are coming up, now we can go and kind of calm the energy body, calm the emotions, calm the nervous system using things like tapping and subconscious release because now this is in our awareness. And so it takes a lot of practicing new awareness and realizing, okay, when I say I wanna do this from a place of love, what fears come up? And then how can I regulate that back down to where now my subconscious is believing it's safe? Because until that's, until the subconscious is on board and that feeling of safety is achieved, the results will be sporadic. Um, they may be the, it may be frustrating. There may be a lot of self-sabotage that comes up. Yeah. And so the first steps are really to like, let's say you're imagine your mind is a garden. Where are the weeds that we need to pull out instead of trying to plant new seeds on top and having them choked out by the roots of those weeds. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to, um, you know, in tapping, we use the scale to gauge how do you, how strongly do you feel about these statements? Yeah. And then also in subconscious release, we're muscle testing. So we're realizing what's setting off a negative cascade versus having a positive result. And when we go in and we clear those things using the tools, now you're able to take action and you're not worried about those limiting beliefs. And then the path gets clearer and clearer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, sh I think I mentioned this last time when we were talking just for people who are our listeners, uh, if you're not familiar with these kinds of techniques, uh, like, and you think, what 
is this like just weird woo stuff no it's not <laughs> it's not weird woo stuff it's like really based on so much evidence and uh, you, you you just have to uh, experience it give it a try experience it and see if it works for you and there is so much even research that has been done on many of these kinds of techniques and you know they're very evidence-based very evidence-based practices so you can feel really confident about giving them a try and knowing that nothing bad's going to happen only good's going to come out of it um but also that you know these techniques these tools are some of um the most fun and easy ways that you can create these shifts in yourself from fear energy uh, or other negative energy to more positive energy more higher vibration frequency energy to to love right and uh, so it's some of the most fun and easy it, like it can it still takes a certain amount of time uh, to do and it's like you said first step is always awareness so yes you have to be aware and for a few moments if not more like feel really allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling that's yucky that you don't want to feel but but you have to start with that awareness that is um oh my gosh and i think there's so much wisdom in that i really really um have come to realize that um oh my gosh like you uh, it, it's like if you try to heal yourself in a way where you're like no 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 i don't i don't want even for a moment to be in the bad feeling feeling and just get me to the good place um you you cannot truly heal that way it's like you'll always be very surface level and i think that's where a lot of people like fall into into trouble why they're like not able to solve their problems in a permanent way in the first place is because they're trying to avoid the feelings yes yeah, yeah avoidance is not the answer <laughs> i that's definitely you know that i i've seen and i've caught myself doing it you know i've been using EFT personally for about 20 years. And so it was my go-to for a lot of things. And at some, at some points I could remember back and see where I was like, I just want to tap so I can avoid this feeling. Not, I want to tap so I can heal this and get to the root of it. It was like kind of wanting to slap a bandaid on mm -hmm. and the tools work the best when you're actually using them for the intended situation and consequences of not just addressing the symptoms. Sometimes they're good in, in the moment for the symptoms. So if you're experiencing anxiety, like it was at the dentist a few years ago, tapping in the parking lot on the anxiety got me in the door, right? <laughs> but then going back and doing the work on why is this still coming up for me and getting to the root of, I don't even want to have to tap in the parking lot anymore. Yeah. I want that to be so, I've established so much trust in my ability to choose a dentist and discernment in finding the right dentist and knowing I'm in a safe place and that I will be able to speak up for myself. You know, that's where the really big magic happens. Mm. Oh, another brilliant example. Thank you for sharing that, Christine, because my gosh, my gosh, it's like, oh, oh my gosh. It just made me think, oh, oh my gosh. So, so underlying the surf, the, there was a surface level fear of, I'm afraid of going to a dentist. Mm -hmm. And that's like a very well-known fear. Like a lot of people have that fear. Yeah. But underlying that fear was a deeper fear and it was a trust issue. It's like, uh, partly it was about, do I trust myself enough, my own judgment to be able to choose a good dentist? But then also a trust issue in terms of, do I trust the dentist? Yes. Yeah. Am I safe in that space? Uh, and if so, and then trust in, uh, can I take care of myself? So if something goes wrong, will I be able to speak for myself? Oh my gosh. Like right there, 
these are like each one of those is like in itself such an important layer i mean oh my gosh like if you don't trust your own judgment all the different problems that you can end up in or try uh, or not be able to solve because you don't trust your own judgment if you have trouble trusting other people wow all the problems that can land you into and then if you don't trust your ability to protect yourself oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh so each of those is like such a potentially so you, you oh my gosh and oh my gosh so that so when you so so here's my question so we've been talking about and we've been saying energy healing can be a wonderful way to get to the root cause of things right and so here we have identified three deeper root causes just coming from the surface level problem of i'm afraid to the of going to the dentist yeah. now when you when you healed these root causes to whatever extent so now you're feeling more confident and good about going to the dentist are they also do you, have you noticed that you're also doing better in other areas of your life in the context of trusting your own judgment more trusting your ability to speak up for yourself more and trusting other people more you know what i mean i actually have like I, that is exactly so like on top of trusting myself to find a dentist i found myself in the position looking for a new nutrition therapist and a new chiropractor and going out on my own right like i'm an adult right somebody trusted me to sign a mortgage and a marriage certificate and i'm still like i don't know how to do these i'm not tr i'm denying trust i'm not making a decision because i don't want to be responsible for if there's a negative consequence right coming from a total place of fear in that aspect where it's like how do i reverse this and say whatever the consequence is i will handle it because i have i am equipped and i do have skills and i do have support and i can, i will find what i need right so yes, it has helped across the board. So the fundamental trauma that led to a lot of dental anxiety for me was not being listened to by a dentist when I was a child and then being subjected to a lot of pain and uncertainty and fear. And it was, it was a very traumatic experience. And so being able to clear that experience at its root level, I also was able to now find practitioners that I feel safe with and, and peel back the layer of, I see people come up with, how do I know if it's fear or intuition? Uh -huh. Well, as you start peeling those layers back, uh -huh. you will notice when you get that ping of that hint of intuition, something's not right here. And mm -hmm. you trust, now you trust yourself to know I need to say or do something different because I'm getting this fundamental shift in my energy that signals something may not be right. And so we know we're coming from a more intuitive, a more truthful place as opposed to just being afraid of everything and questioning okay. it just for the sake of being afraid yes oh my gosh i'm telling you christine you keep <laughs> dropping and I, oh okay i have to talk to you about this one okay because okay we just dropped another okay so the distinction between fear and intuition so like when i'm getting that feeling of like i don't want to do this is that my intuition guiding me or is that my fear guiding me oh this is such a huge huge um issue uh and i actually recently went through the, an experience where i had to deal with it uh and I, I was taken by surprise. Like I thought I had it figured out, but this is, going through this experience actually uh, showed me, oh no, Samia, you need to understand more and better about this issue. You need to deepen your learning. And uh, so that's like, I'm grateful that I went through the experience. And the experience was that I was approached by somebody who asked me for help. And this was somebody that I'd worked with for many months. And so I trusted them. I, I really loved this person. And um, so I agreed to help them. And then it turned out they were scamming me, you know? And uh, as I was 
going through uh, you know like several days worth of interactions with this person from the point where I agreed to help to the point where I was like okay uh, stop I'm not doing this anymore I'm getting myself out I was having a lot of feelings I would say like maybe within the first few minutes of beginning um, a certain uh, portion of the transaction that we were supposed to be doing I started hearing warning bells go off in my mm. mind but I uh, you know because <clears throat> like I'm a trained um, domestic violence and sexual assault crisis counselor I've worked for four years on a domestic violence sexual assault head, uh, hotline and in order to do that work I went through a lot of training that helped me to recognize red flags uh, of you know like unhealthy relationships uh, unhealthy behaviors and relationships and so I picked up immediately on the red flags that this person is acting controlling they're being unnecessarily directive um, you know this and that and it was over little things but I picked up on it mm-hmm. uh, but instead of like because I was coming from a place of I trust this person I love this person I know this person I, 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 I'm I, like you know in a mindset of uh, I'm going to help this person I want to help this person so I didn't my mind did not at all think there was something wrong in terms of they could be scamming me what my mind interpreted those signals as oh they're in a bad place and they need help and I'm going to help them so I need to be more patient and just ignore their controlling directive behaviors <laughs> and I ignore it not in a absolute sense but ignore it in the sense that I'm still willing to work with you and I'm going to lay out some boundaries and be assertive about okay stop I give me this time and space to do this and that and etc etc so I did lay out some boundaries and so forth but you know I was like still willing to engage um, and even then the next signal that my brain was like giving me was they kept violating the boundaries that I was setting mm. right and so now it's like how do you know um, that you are potentially in a problematic situation it's if the pattern if, if it if the uh, problematic behavior doesn't just happen one time it becomes mm-hmm. a pattern right that's when you really you know it's a problem right and so i recognize oh my gosh it's a pattern i keep setting boundaries and this person keeps violating my boundaries if i was just honestly thinking from a perspective of the training that i've had and just my mind uh, uh, judgments and so forth i've been like out of there but what i did was i was like no 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 my heart guided me to help this person they're in trouble <laughs> i need to be more patient and so i sort of allowed myself to get confused right mm-hmm. uh, or not or not look deeply enough into the distinction between like i just got caught up in the moment and i didn't take the time i needed to make the separation between what's intuition what's fear what's mind judgment and when do i need to listen to the judgment and not um dismiss the judgments as oh it's i'm just being judgmental like in a bad way but no these are valid judgments and also part of the guidance that i'm receiving on how to act um in the best ways in this situation right and so oh my gosh but it's like when you're in the moment in the situation it can be difficult to figure these things out um and give yourself the time and space to sort of 
make these distinctions and all of that. And actually, that's that's the other thing, right? That happens is that the um, the the people who scam you, they're generally um, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And so they deliberately create an environment where they make it very difficult for you to even take any time and space and step away and step back where you can be like, okay, what's going on? What's what? You know, they'll they try to do their best to keep the pressure on. Uh, so you're constantly just trying to deal with the next bit of drama and the next bit of drama and the next bit of drama that's getting thrown at you. So you really need to have so much awareness mm-hmm. and you just need to have extremely high level of, of, of assertiveness and ability to just kind of um, give yourself permission to step back and out and all of that. So anyway, that's a whole different conversation but coming back to the distinction like how important it is to understand the distinction between the intuition voice of the intuition versus the voice of the fear so can you share some more of your stuff about how do you make those distinctions um yeah yeah There's so much that came up when you were talking. I was trying to take notes on everything I was thinking. So um, what I like to look at is uh, points of reference. So if there is some kind of mental, emotional, visual visualization point of reference that I can encourage my intuition with. So um, I don't know if you've heard of the Silva method. No, it doesn't. So the Silva method is really, really cool. It's... um, Jose Silva, back in the 70s, I believe, started working with his children and realizing frequencies and how being at certain brain levels, you have access to certain resources. And so you create frame like points of reference as you're going into meditative states or shifting the vibrational frequency. And then you can operate from those states and you have the reference of, I know where I'm at basically because I have this, this point of reference. And so what I've noticed with my intuition is I will establish a point of reference for when I feel like I am being intuitive and I will have some kind of corroborating evidence. So um, the other day, for example, I was joining a meeting with a software vendor and it was a video meeting like this. And I'm like, I should make my background a beach scene just because it's something we do for fun uh, at work sometimes. And the guys will have their Hawaiian shirts on. And so we all started doing beach scenes. I'm like, no, I'll just use my standard branded background and I joined this meeting and no joke the gentleman had a Hawaiian shirt on and I'm like okay my intuition was put this beach there's going to be a reason to put this beach up how can I go back and look at the situation and figure out where did I feel my intuition where did this thought come up where did I feel it in my physical body if you're sensitive enough to know your energy where did I feel it in my energy body Was it a chakra? Was it a meridian? Was it a certain memory that kind of linked up? And so this is how I can really tell when it's an intuitive hit, because then I also reflect on the confirmations or I reflect on the ones that aren't confirmed. And I notice where the fear felt different than the intuition. So that's one way to be aware of them that I use personally. Um, Another thing is if I think it may be fear, I will start using my tools to clear that away so that I have the freedom to make a decision. So um, like I was with an abusive ex for a very long time. And every time we broke up, we would get back together because it, even though it was not the best situation, it was comfortable. It was a comfort zone issue. And I never was truly free to make a different decision because I hadn't cleared what was going on. And so when it comes down to knowing the difference between my fear and my intuition, checking in with my energy, checking in with my physical response and doing clearings around the situation. I'll do just a quick subconscious release around this situation, muscle test myself, maybe even maybe if I have to go that far. But a lot of times when I do the clearing or I do the tapping, now all of a sudden it becomes very clear to me what I'm feeling and whether I should you know, take the chance in this opportunity or take the chance in this situation or be okay with what's happening as opposed to coming from a place of fear and maybe making a different decision. 
That is so cool. That is so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, Christine. And again, for our listeners, if you are not familiar with these kinds of tools and techniques, they're actually super simple and easy to learn. There isn't like a huge learning curve. And so you can connect with Christine. Absolutely. And she can actually help you learn these um, these kinds of tools and techniques for yourself. Because I know in the way that you even practice in sessions with clients, you know, people walk away with a knowledge that they can utilize for themselves for, for life, you know. Oh, so it's so wonderful. It's so beautiful. And I want to keep talking with you, Christine. And <laughs> we're out of time again. Part three. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Uh, okay. So in the meantime, as you're wrapping up, do you have any last words, last thoughts that you would like to share? Thank you so much again for having me. It's always such a joy to talk to you. And we, I feel like when we have these conversations, the, in, the intuitive way they're led, like the energy is just, we go the right direction as we traverse the conversation. And I really hope that this is helpful to everyone listening uh, because that is really my purpose is it's always been to help. And so little things sparked off my journey. And so the littlest thing that we're sharing, you know, sometimes we take things, I take things for granted that I've been tapping so long. I've been doing these things for so long and I say something and I see someone's face light up. And I hope that's really happening when people are listening that they catch that little spark and it helps them to really feel better or find ways that will help them feel better, you know? Yeah. Oh. So on that amazing, positive, uplifting note, I just want to remind you, our listener, to make sure you check the show notes because we're going to drop Christine's links in there so you can connect with her and access her help and support and learn from her how you can help yourself even more and better. I also drop my links in there in case you want to get in touch with me. And until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots and lots of peace and joy. Thank <laughs> you.